Hello and welcome to the Perusia Podcast. I'm Shabu Reish, your host, and I'm in the studio with a very good friend of mine, um, none other than Dynamic Deacon Harold Burke-Sivers. Deacon Harold, it's awesome to have you here. Yeah, thank you, Shabu. It's great to be back in Australia again. Yes, it's so good. Yeah, especially since the pandemic. It's been over yes. three or four years since yes, you were last here. that's right. Um, but however, we've seen each other recently. I, I was able to be yep. with you in Chicago, yep. where we launched a Christian Marketing Solution, and that went very well. Um, mm. I have to say, so yep. that's been that's been very exciting. Yes, exactly. And um, you know, it, it's great that uh, actually, it's ten years ago this year when we first met. That's you right. Know, so <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> so, and, and just to see what the Lord has done in that, well, you know, ten years, relatively short period of time. Uh, how much uh, Perusia has grown from out of your living room yes, you know, into, a, into a worldwide <laughs> apostolate now. You know, it's Praise just uh, it's just been incredible. And, and you know, I, and I saw the vision for what you're trying to do along, you know, back in that first time in your yeah. living room. So um, so I'm, I'm so glad that uh, um, that the Holy Spirit, you know, inspired me to partner with you. And um, it's been a great relationship. You know, we've tra literally traveled the world together. Yeah, and we worked um, it out. The nine nine countries, I something think. like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. It's been amazing. Yeah. yeah, Asia Pacific. We did Philippines, Malaysia, Indonesia, um, Singapore, Singapore, yeah. um, and then we had uh, New Zealand on the cards, but COVID yeah. twice now mm -hmm. has uh, stopped that. Hopefully next year. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and then of course uh, Spain, France, and Portugal. Yes, that's right. You know? That's right. So, and yeah. Then yeah, wow. It great memories. I remember ten years ago. I have to share this for the for the sake of the podcast. But the first time I met you, it was in Melbourne, actually, mm -hmm. in a church called St. Gerard. And it was on the Feast of St. Gerard. And we had the relics of St. Gerard. And you uh, preached the homily in that Mass. And, and I was blown away what you revealed in that homily. Mm -hmm. Could you share just um, with us? There was no coincidence, but right. I had no idea... I just met you. <laughs> yeah, we had this yeah. mass, and everything just lined up. And to top it off, the man who's given the homily <laughs> has a, a pretty strong devotion to Saint Gerard, is and, and rightly so. What happened? What's why is Saint Gerard so significant to the to your family? Yeah. So um, my mother is the first Catholic in our family. Yes. Uh, she's a convert to Catholicism from from being a Methodist, and so um, when she got married, my dad, and then she got pregnant, she had several miscarriages, like five miscarriages in a row. Um, my mom was pretty petite, you know, barely, you know, um, five feet. So what is that? Uh, you know, five feet, a yeah, meter, yeah, sure, one, yeah. one meter, something like that, <laughs> a little over one meter. And so, um, but she was pretty petite. And so when she got pregnant, uh, well, then, then she started doing intercessions with St. Gerard, you know, who's a patron saint of pregnant women. So when she got pregnant with me, they put her on uh, complete bed rest. Right. And uh, so she was, you know, praying for St. Gerard or praying, and she just prayed for healthy children, you know. So then I was born. So then my middle name is Gerard. And then my brother was born, wow. and his first name is Gerard. <laughs> my other brother was born, and his middle name is Gerard. And my sister was born, and her name is Ger middle name is Geraldine. So, <laughs> so my mom had a oh, very strong divorce. God. And so I remember that when I got up, to give the homily, uh, I, I, I read the gospel, then I, I took a pause because I was emotional, like St. Gerard, Feast of St. Gerard, relics are here. I was thinking about my mom being yes. having trouble getting pregnant and she you know, prayed to St. Gerard and all of a sudden I came, I mean, I'm there because of this guy. Yes. I mean, it was just, it was just 
phenomenal. It was, it was yeah. and what a beautiful way to start my time to travel to Australia with an event yes. like that. Yes, absolutely. And like I said, that was our first event, first time I met you. It was, and that just sort of set the tone, I guess. Yes. God was behind this meeting, <laughs> because yeah, yeah. You announced you you shocked. Um, you shocked me, uh, I, I think, um, at one of the events in that first tour where you just announced uh, that you would partner with Parisia. Uh, yeah. <laughs> internet. I was like, oh, well, okay, all right, here we go. <laughs> we it. And, and that just shows how I think it was the Holy Spirit the way we came because you were our first speaker. We got back to back. We never got in. We would rotate different speakers and, and you know, um, and, and generally do that. But we said, no, we had to get you back right away. So I think it was only six or seven months later. Mm -hmm. It was the Year of Faith tour, and you, you, we had Hector and Lena come out yeah, with you. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, and so that was powerful. And, and then you've come back now. This is your seventh tour to Australia. Yes, that's so right. So what an honor it was. So you, right. are, you are number one, but equal only to Tim Staples, yes, who, right. who came with you on this tour. So yes, yes. Uh, the uh, Be Not Afraid tour, yeah. which has been such a blessing, this tour. Um, just how have you been finding it yourself? Yeah, so it was great. I mean, Tim and I have been friends for a long time. Uh, and we've, we've definitely respected each other for forever. Uh, and, and we used to speak, you know, because um, he, he, does, he, he does more conferences than missions. Yeah. And plus, he works full time at Catholic Answers. Yes. So he's not on the circuit like I am because this, yeah. this is what I do full time. So we have, and of course, he had the strokes. So we haven't seen each other for a long time. But I remember. I was on Catholic Answers Focus. Is that's when Cy Kell at first told me told me about the stroke. Oh wow! And I started praying specifically by name uh, for Tim in my vespers, in my in my evening wow. prayers. And so for years, like I, I've been praying for him by name. Wow! Wow! You know, and so this is the first time I got a chance to see him, and got, we got a chance to be together uh, yes. since since the stroke. And so uh, to come back for an event. Uh, especially kind of revitalizing the church after yes. the uh, pandemic. And then, of course, everybody in the States was talking about the draconian laws here. Yes. You know, that, that's the way we perceive the draconian yes. laws here in Australia. And Most they said, to Australia? Yeah, Melbourne. Yeah, yeah. They said, are yeah. you going to, they're going to let you in? And you know, <laughs> even coming here on this tour, are you going to, they're going to let you in? And they, people still think that, yeah. they, you know, it's just, um, but, to, but to be here and to, especially uh see the people coming out um you know uh, each night packed standing yes. room only Has putting been. out extra chairs yes. every every venue yes you know people are hungry you know and going up to marumba i've never been there before yeah marubra that's uh, right yeah marubra and um uh and, and just the the, the 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 what i liked is the people there they were they're trying instead of complaining about all oh, the church and the problems they're doing something yeah. about it yes. you know and so to, to be part of that and to help them with their ministry and try to grow the faith and really um, have people encounter the life-changing power of Jesus Christ. Amen. You know, it's just it's just a tremendous blessing. So um, this is in a lot of it was my shortest tour because we were also uh, filming for Prusy Academy, the course yes. on the sacraments. Um, uh, it's been very rewarding. It's been good to see old friends yes. and meet new friends as well yes. on this tour. Absolutely. I think we've estimated it's been a, at least a couple of thousand people so far you've reached just in this in this these last few days. So praise God. Thank you for coming out and uh, with your busy schedule. But yeah, you have been filming. I do want to talk about that. I remember in that uh, Year of Faith tour, you were with Hector Molina and you did do a, a, co, uh, a combined presentation called the Magnificent Seven, which yes. is the seven sacraments. 
um, and and you you took on a few. He did some others, and it was really well done. You sort of tag team between mm -hmm. each sacrament. I thought it was brilliant. That's actually on our uh, Perusia on Demand platform, so those uh, go and check it out. Um, but we we wanted to have you uh, teach a course, like a twelve hour course, on the seven sacraments. And and thank God we've launched the Perusia Academy just last year. And we've got about 40 or so at this stage, uh, students around the world. Uh, I think it's nine countries now doing the academy. Um, but we wanted to, to do a basic one on the sacraments and you agreed to do it. And this is not just light stuff here. This is 12 hours of, 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 of classwork. And you've just completed that. Um, what a blessing. So look out, make sure you look out for this course, an introduction to the seven sacraments. Um, and on your seventh trip to Australia, seven sacraments it's all mm -hmm. about the covenant the seven um tell us let's let's dive into this a bit i'd love to just spend a bit of time about what you um, went through um during this course and what people can expect when they do it but just in general um what are the seven sacraments why don't we very quickly start there like uh the seven sacraments it, it is it, a huge misunderstanding out there especially from our protestant brothers and sisters that um We've sort of invented some of them and all come up with them. Or, mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. they are all rooted in Scripture. All of them can be found in some way through the Bible. Um, can you comment about what's the definition of a sacrament? How do we define a sacrament in the Catholic Church? Yeah. So um, uh, just a, a preliminary um, comment about teaching the course. You know, this was a lot of fun for me because I don't actually get to teach very much. Mm. I mean, I go out and speak. You know, and I write books, but to actually teach in a classroom setting, yes. you know, was, was really exciting. Um, uh, in a sense, I get to stretch out a little more, yes. you know, go deeper into things that you, can, that you can't do in, a, in an hour long talk, yes. hour 15 minute talk, to go deeper in some, in some uh, areas too. So that, that was a, a lot of fun. Um, yeah, so the sacraments. Um, sacraments are sensible signs instituted by Christ that confer grace. And by the action of Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit, they convey what they signify and signify what they convey. So let's nice. back up. Yes. Okay. All right. let's, let's break it open. So first of all, sacraments are sensible signs. They can be detected by, uh, by our four senses or five senses. Uh, and what's great about that is that sacraments touch the whole person, right? Because we have bodies and our bodies help us to express our person. And so sacraments, of course, are for the, the, uh, the, the soul uh, and the mind, but also the body. Mm, you know, so water in baptism, we can feel the water in baptism. We can feel the oil and smell the sacred chrism in the sacrament of mm -hmm. confirmation. Um, you know, we, we can taste the host, the, the, yeah. the, the, the body, blood, soul, divinity of Christ uh, in the host, in the precious blood. You know, we hear with our ears the words of the priest and the sacrament of Reconciliation. So all of the sacraments uh, uh, impact our senses. Yes. Uh, so so it impacts the whole person. So it's very bodily, very physical. Yes. You know, um, laying of hands as well. To yeah, touch laying you. of hands touching, on ordination. Yeah. When I was ordained, like bishop yeah. priest, laying on of hands. Yeah, you know, so so it's a, a wonderful way to engage as a holistic approach um, to the faith. You know, um, uh, God gave us bodies, and so the sacraments yes. uh, respect that the body. You know, uh, as St. Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, 19, our bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit. You know, yes, and so the amen. sacraments respect the fact that uh, we are bodily creatures, we're temples of the Holy Spirit, and that the sacraments reach out and touch us at the deepest depths of our being. Because ultimately, the sacraments about, 
engaging and helps us to engage in intimate, personal, loving, and life-giving communion with God. That's really what, it's, yeah, wow. what that core is all about. It's about covenant relationship, intimacy with God. And the sacraments help us to do that. So sensible signs instituted by Christ. I mean, yes. Jesus is the one uh, that instituted the sacraments. Now, the reason why you mentioned earlier, some people have a problem with that because some of the sacraments aren't specifically mentioned in Scripture. Some of them are, like Matthew 28, 19. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the yeah. name of the Father. I mean, hello, baptism. Yes. <laughs> you know, but the word confirmation is not mentioned. But in Acts of the Apostles, we see that, wait a minute, you were baptized? So you didn't receive the Holy Spirit. We have to go lay hands on you so you could receive the Holy Spirit. Mm. Of course they received the Holy Spirit in baptism. But where they're talking about the idea was there had to be a sealing of the Holy Spirit. There had to be a completion where you re received the seven gifts uh, of the Holy Spirit. And there, so, so whenever you see in Acts of the Apostles there was a baptism, then the apostles came mm -hmm. and laid hands on them in the sacrament of confirmation. Right? So it's not called confirmation, but that's okay because the word Bible is not in the Bible. The word right. Trinity is not in the Bible. Yes. So, so some of the words may not be there, but the idea uh, uh, and, and the, 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 the seed and the foundation of the teaching is there. Absolutely. And all of the sacraments are rooted in the Scripture. Again, the only thing is, actually, the only thing is sick, you make an argument for that. Because in James it says, if anyone is sick, let him call for the priest. Yes. Right? And the priest will anoint them with oil, lay hands on them. And, wow. You see? And yes. Anointing of the sick. It doesn't say anointing of the sick. No, but that's right. That's exactly what's being described there wow. uh, in the Scripture. So, instituted by Christ, that confer grace, right? Yes. So, uh, one of the things I talked about uh, in the introduction, the, the first episode is introduction to the seven sacraments. Talked about sanctifying grace, which is a grace that you need to get to heaven. Um, but then we talked about sacramental grace. So each of the, sacra uh, of the sacraments imposes its own grace that is specific to mm -hmm. that sacrament. Right? So it can, uh, sensible signs is by, by Christ that confers grace. And by the action of Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit... Right, because yes. in each of the sacraments is an invocation of the Holy Spirit. So it's made more prominent at Mass, where, yes. where there's an epiclesis and, and the priest calls the yeah, Holy Spirit to be absolutely. present. But it's also an ordination. Right, remember, because in the ordination, the, the bishop lays your hands on, on your head, and then there's a prayer of consecration. And the, the, the consecration actually happens when the Holy Spirit is invoked, so we, whether you're ordaining a bishop, priest, or deacon, there's an invocation of the Holy Spirit. Mm. So that's the mm. epiclesis. So all of the sacraments have it. Because wow. what you're doing, you're, you're asking the Holy Spirit to be present so that when you say the words, right, because it's the right form, it's the yes. matter and form. Yes. So when you say the right words, uh, God can act in that, in that sacrament. Um, and so by the acts of Christ, the power of the Holy Spirit, they convey what they signify and transmit what they contain. So sacraments are signs, but they're signs that are efficacious. So for example, if I'm driving up in a car and I see a sign that says S-T-O-P, hmm. that sign is telling me to do something, yes. right? And so based on what that sign says, I take an action. But sacraments are signs that actually convey what they signify. So it's like if an arm reached out and stopped your car, not only does it say stop, it actually stops your car. Yeah, it actually yeah. does what it says it's going to do. Yes. Right, and it transmits what it contains. So the waters of baptism really do mm. wash away the flood, the, the stain of original sin. Right, yes. so so because water is both life giving yes. and destructive, like a flood. 
right? Yeah, yes, so it actually does, so so this water is not just a symbol of washing; it actually does what it says it's going to do. You know, so so that's the beauty of the sacraments. So that's the official definition of sacraments. And so what I do is I go through each of the sacraments, and uh, and my whole goal in, in the series is to show how each of the sacrament draws us into deeper love and intimacy with Amen. Christ, how it makes us um, uh, uh, more of a part of God's family. It's all about family. It's all about covenant. It's all about participating in the life of God. That's beautiful. Beautiful. You reminded me just there, the sacramental grace, which means there are different types of grace. I mean, grace in, mm -hmm. a, in a nutshell, in the simplest form, God is it God's life in us or is it God's gift to us? What a, how do we define grace? Because you know, we have sanctifying. You mentioned sacrament was actual grace. There's these mm -hmm. other types of grace. Um, how, how do they differentiate? I mean, how do we differentiate grace? And, and yeah, so grace is basically an unmerited gift yeah. uh, of God's love and life to us. So it's nothing that we did. It's nothing okay. that we deserve. It's nothing that, that we earn, which is sometimes mm -hmm. our non-Catholic brothers and sisters think that, we, that yeah. sacraments are a way of earning grace and things like that. No, but it's not. So it's just different ways that God dispenses his love and mercy to us, okay. which is great. Yes. You know, because the more we can receive God's love and grace from different angles, the more it, it, it takes root in us. So mm. you have um, sanctifying grace. So to sanctify something means to make it holy. Yes. Okay. So sanctifying grace is the grace that brings us into justification. That brings us, in other words, into right relationship with God, right? Mm -hmm. And so what happens with mortal sin, we lose that sanctifying grace because we're no longer in right relationship with God. Yes. And so the sanctifying grace is what's restored in the sacrament of reconciliation. We receive it in baptism. We can lose it because we make the choice to, to cut God out of our life. So God always wants to give us his grace. It's always available to us, but we don't always cooperate with that grace. Yes. We can say no to God's invitation to enter into life with him through grace. So that's sanctifying grace. And then, of course, we talked about sacramental grace. So in the sacrament of uh, holy orders, for example, the grace that I receive from that sacrament enables me to, do, to uh, exercise my ordained ministry as a deacon. So I have the grace to be able to give blessings. I have the grace to be able to preach. It's not just like, it's funny, Charbel, because mm -hmm. some people ask me, Oh, where did you learn to, to preach like that? You know, uh, <laughs> did, did you do Toastmasters? Uh, did you took acting lessons? Did you I'm like? No, I put my mouth and words come out. <laughs> you know, it's it's God's grace. Yes. It's a it's a and I and I'm I understand that it's a gift, but it's a gift that's been strengthened by God's grace and ordination. Mm. Sacrament of confirmation, it gives us Saint Augustine says you know we makes us soldiers for Christ, and and that's. The, when we cooperate with that yeah. grace to stand up against the culture yeah. that's trying to kill God's life in us. Wow. So, the, the, so we get the, um, uh, uh, the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and when we cooperate with those gifts, that empowers us yes. to go out and live our faith, to not be afraid and ashamed to talk about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You know, anointing the sick, God gives us now, God gives us a grace for healing. And what I, what I talk about clearly in, in, that, uh, in that episode, was that healing can take place through physical healing. Oh, yep. the disease is gone. I got through the surgery. I survived. Or it could be heaven. <laughs> you know, because that healing could come. is like 
you know, I'm going to heal you. That means I'm going to bring you to myself. You know, so yeah. how is that healing if the person dies? Because now they're reaching their ultimate goal, which all of us hopes to reach. Yes. And the only way we can get there is death. You know, it's true. So, so that's actually the ultimate healing. Um, uh, is you know, because God decides I'm going to heal this person by bringing them to myself. Wow. You know, and we don't we don't think of it like nah. that. So, so that's why uh, I enjoyed particularly talking about the anointing of the sick. That's one of the sacraments you don't really hear a whole lot of, yes. about. Doesn't really get a lot of attention. Um, and what's great about that sacrament too is not just for the dying. You know, I, I, I uh, and I talked yeah, about. Please explain. I, yeah, yeah, I I, t- I, was gonna... <laughs> I talked about this in in the series uh, when I was 16 years old. I had salmonella, which is ah, a, yeah. a, a severe form of food poisoning. Mm. So I was in the hospital. And when I was in the hospital, a priest came and gave me communion. It was Sunday because I, obviously I couldn't go to mass. He gave me communion, and then he asked me if I wanted anointing the sick. And I went, no, no, because I thought you only get that if you're dying. <laughs> yeah, okay. you know? And I was like, I don't want to die. So <laughs> the last rites. I'm going to die the last yeah, yeah. rites. You know? um, yeah, uh, so so uh, actually the sacrament... It's to receive if you have mental illness, if you have um, a disease of your elderly, if you're going for surgery, okay. um, if you have chronic illness, or all those kinds of things. So even if it's not life-threatening, it's, it's yes. okay to receive the yes. anointing of the sick. That's, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a bit of a misconception for some yes. on that. I mean, because yes. can, can you abuse that? Can you sort of take advantage of that? To, well, to if there, you're being there, over-scrupulous. Okay. Right? Like, oh, I, I got a cold. I have to get anointing. No. Yeah, no. not every time you get a cold. <laughs> right, right. I mean, so, so you know, or um, it's not like a sacrament of, of reconciliation. Like, you go, you keep going back over and over yeah. and over again. Yeah. You can go back, but it should be if, you know, if something serious is like going a serious on. serious illness. Um, okay. You know, and, 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 and so if you're going for a surgery, then you go for a cancer treatment, then you go, you know, yeah, those are stuff. times you can receive God's grace to help you get through Mm. what it is that you're, what you're going through. Oh, wow. Well, can we, this, is, this is so interesting, and, and I think it's uh, necessary for us to really appreciate as Catholics what's going on with these sacraments and, and, and to really um, tap into it. So as you said, we have to cooperate with them. That's the key. Can, can we go through, you know, you've already done this over 12 hours, but maybe in an express form, breaking this down, there's, there's seven sacraments, the, the sacraments of initiation, what are they? And then, and then, is there a particular order you need to do that in? Mm-hmm. And, and then what happens to a child of God or, or someone you know, in, there, in the church with that grace as they grow up um, and then tapping into these other sacraments? I'd like to really um, have fun with this. Let's just go through this. Okay, sure. And the, sure. There, there are sacraments of initiation. What are they? Right, so they're baptism, yep. confirmation, and Holy Eucharist. Okay. Right. So let's the way the Catechism groups them: sacraments of initiation, yep. those three, then the sacraments of healing, which okay. is anointing of the sick and sacrament of reconciliation. Okay. And then the sacraments at the service of communion, not hmm. Holy Communion, but the the communion of the faithful, which is uh, Holy Orders and the sacrament of matrimony. Okay. Okay. So the sacraments of initiation, baptism, baptism. Is the, uh, is the start of the journey of faith. In fact, you can't receive the other sacraments until you're baptized. Interesting. So the sacrament of, uh, is what initiates us. Because what happens in baptism? You enter the tomb with Christ, mm. you, you die to your old self, and then you come out of the tomb, you rise within the new life, which is why for uh, baptism of children, you have a white garment, right? Okay. Um, they, they have the little white garment on the child. In fact, it was very interesting. 
in the uh, early church, the baptismal, it actually wasn't a font, it was a pit, like in the ground pit. Oh, wow. and, and what happened was uh, there were stairs on, on either side. The priest was down there. There was water in, there, in the pit. The priest was down there. The person would come and take off all their clothes. That represented leaving their old life, their old way of thinking and living behind. They'd walk into the pit. Uh, the priest would baptize them, and they usually dunk them. You know? yes. So they're not trying to drown them, but you almost got the sensation of drowning. Die, you enter into a tomb, and you die with Christ. Yes. You know? So Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Then they come up the stairs on the other side of the baptismal pit, and then they put on the white garment. Because remember, when Christ came out mm -hmm. from the tomb, his clothes was dazzling white as no yeah, fuller could bleach. Right. You know, so that beautiful symbolism there yes. of the white garment, new life in Christ, you know. And so baptism initiates us into the life of faith and gets us started on our, on our journey uh, and all the rest of the sacraments. And, and it's also um, the sacrament that leaves a, an indelible mark on the soul. It's, what it's what a, is that? Okay. What? So the catechism describes it as a character, as a sacred character mm -hmm. uh, that you're given that leaves a permanent mark on your soul. So even, God forbid, um, you go to hell, mm -hmm. um, you, make, you make the decision to cut yourself off from God's life forever, you'll still be marked with the sign of baptism on okay. your soul. See, so just because that's there doesn't mean that, oh, I'm going to go to heaven. You have to cooperate with the grace. Yes. Because, think, like I said before, it's about relationship. Because mm -hmm. if, if the freedom to be in relationship wasn't there, then what would you be? A puppet. Mm -hmm. God is That's just right. saying, do this, do that. And you're like, okay. I'll there's, there's no freedom. Where's the love? Yes. You know? Um, yes. So sacrament is about you know, cooperating with that grace, saying yes to what God wants to do in your life. Why? Because those sacraments help you to become the person who God created you to be. Yeah, it helps beautiful. you to overcome sin and those things in your life that, you know, because concupiscence still remains after baptism. What does baptism do? It washes away the stain of original sin. So original sin, of course, happened with the fall of our first parents. Yes. They made the decision to uh, say no to God's invitation, to love, life, intimacy, and communion. Um, and when they did that, they were kicked out of the garden. They lost the grace, sanctifying grace, they need to get to heaven. And it was Jesus Christ, and because his death and then resurrection on the cross, that was able to finally uh, bring them life, wow. life forever. Um, That's, you know, it really hit me uh, um, not too long ago, uh, just, but just in the, in the different uh, Bible studies, studying all this about, about being kicked out of the garden and then and that whole tree of life that was there the whole time. You know, we talk about the yep. tree of knowledge of good and evil. Mm -hmm. We forget about the tree of life that mm -hmm. was there, which, you know, tradition says, some say it would have possibly been an, an olive tree. Possibly, you know, mm -hmm. um, and, and that first garden. And then there's a scene in Genesis about the cherubim blocking. Yes. And then you, and I people talk, are like, I talk why about that. Can't that you is get back one in? of the, that is a very strange verse in yeah. there. Because remember, remember how that starts. Now that man has become like us, mm -hmm. knowing good and evil, lest he reach his hand out and eat from the tree of life and live forever, I put the cherubim here with the sword. You're like, what the heck is yeah. that about? That's yeah. the weird. And I explain that. Here's what's going on. It's actually a sign of God's merciful love. Because yeah. what is God doing? He's thinking like the man. He's putting on the mind of the man. Because 
because he's saying, now it's God speaking, but he's, but he's speaking as he's thinking the way the man is thinking. He goes, not have I eaten from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Uh, now that, that I'm like God, he's not like God. Satan no. lied. That's right. You know, he got thrown out of the garden. He lost sanctifying grace. He's not like God at all. So he said, you know what? I ate from this tree. Some bad things happened. I, I know what I'll do. If I ate from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, and then death came in, if I eat from the tree of life, it'll fix everything. I'll live forever. But you, the, they can't eat wow. from the tree of life while they're in that state of the loss of sanctifying grace. If they were to eat from that tree of life, they're done. They would have lived forever in, no, in separation. In separation forever from yeah, God. Because right. they're eating from the tree of life when they're not in the state of grace. Yeah. So out of God's merciful love, he goes, you're going to have to wait for Jesus. So, so that you won't get tempted mm, to reach out it. your hand and think, I'm going to live forever by fixing my mistake. Yes. He put the cherubim. Now remember, why cherubim or seraphim? Those are the two angels that serve closest to the altar of God. Yes. And then he put the slaming sword hmm. so they wouldn't be tempted to go back and try to fix their mistake by eating from the tree of life. Wow. So it's actually a, yeah, a beautiful sign of God's merciful love for them. So then the garden gets opened again once Christ uh, dies on the cross? Or is it resurrection? So what happened was after Christ died, uh, you know, tradition tells us he went, he went down to the yeah. abode of the dead. Yes. So that's Hades in Greek or Sheol in, uh, in Hebrew. It's not hell. Like when uh -huh. Christ talks about Gehenna, yes. that's hell. The, you know, he goes, the worm doesn't die. <laughs> I mean, I mean yeah. that's cut off forever. But this is more, Hades is more like the abode of the dead. That's where Adam, mm -hmm. Eve, David, Solomon, you know, Joseph, yes. um, the, the Holy Innocents, Ezekiel, all those folks that came before um, didn't have access to heaven because of the yeah. fall. So at once Jesus died and conquered death, because remember, death is the worst effect of original sin, to cut yourself off from God. Yes. Jesus restores that by conquering death to show that not even death is more powerful than God's love. So he went there and he brought those souls out of the abode of the dead into heaven with him. Okay. That's on Holy Saturday? Is that the tradition mm -hmm. or is it Sunday? Holy Saturday. Holy Saturday. Yeah. So, because then he rose, yeah. so then he rose from the dead yes. back into his glorified body on Holy Sunday. Wow. Wow. Dressed in white. Dressed in white, and that's exactly. The, now, while we're here on the baptism, this is you, you made a new creation, is what's understood. Yes. So you you die and you rise again. So you we, we sort of say you you're not a creature of God anymore. You become a child of God. Yes. Can you just explain what that what why do we say that? Yeah. So um, because of what Christ did for us on the cross, we become His brothers and sisters, which mm -hmm. means we become adopted sons and daughters of God the Father. Wow. Because the only one that can say that they're the Son of God is Jesus Christ. Yeah. He's the Son of God. But because of what Jesus did for us, um, we become his brothers and sisters. Therefore, we become adopted sons and daughters of our Heavenly Father and children of God. Uh, and then Mary then wow. becomes our spiritual mother. She's the mother of God. She's the mother of Jesus, the mother of yes. God. So we become her spiritual children as well, her spiritual sons and daughters. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Now, um, while, while we travel through these... Remember, remember, yes. in the Jewish understanding, if you were adopted, you were still that person's child. They didn't use the word, oh, you're only of an course. adopted child. No. You're a stepchild. Remember when uh, they found Jesus in, 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 in the temple? Mary says, why did you do this to us? 
Your father and I were looking for you anxiously. Not your adopted father Joseph and I were looking for you. Nah. Not your stepfather Joseph and I were looking for you. Your father and I. Because in a Jewish mindset, whether you are the natural born child or the adopted child, it didn't matter. You were the child of that. That person yes. was your father. Whether they're your biological father or not, that's your father. Same understanding for us in our life with God. Beautiful. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We're still children of God, and we still receive what Jesus received. Yes. We all receive the inheritance now, not just yeah. the, the firstborn son. All of us received the inheritance. Remember what Paul says: No longer Jew or Greek, slave or free, male or female. We yes. all are equal and, and one as sons and daughters of God. There's no longer privilege like there, that there was yes. in the Old Testament. Uh, we're royalty. If he's yes. the king, we, 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 we become royalty now mm -hmm. at this point. Um, John, I think in John uh, chapter 1, uh, verse 12, um, we become the power to be, be called the children of God. I love that verse. Mm -hmm. um, what an honor it is to say that and, and to, to let that sink in. Um, but uh, every sacrament has form and matter. Yes. In, the, in baptism, form and matter. If we could, could we just do this quickly sure. as we go through? Sure. What is the form? What is the matter? So the uh, form... Of uh, uh, well, the matter of the baptism is water. Yep. Okay, so you have it to has use to water. Be you, water of some sort. <laughs> right. Yep. So you can't use chocolate milk. No. You can't use uh, <laughs> Coke Zero. You no, can't. No, no, <laughs> you can't use anything. It has to be, to be water. water. Yeah. Has to be water. Um, why? Because the symbolism of the water. Now remember, there's some typology going on here as well. Uh, in the Old Testament, uh, a precursor or a type of baptism is going through the Red Sea. Mm -hmm. So yes. the, is the Israelites left the slavery of Egypt, went through the waters of the, of the, the Red Sea to reach, you know, to continue their journey through the desert toward the Promised Land. So for baptism, we, we leave behind the slavery to sin. Yes. We go through the waters of baptism, which leads us on our journey to the promised land, which is heaven on the yes, other side. Amen. You know, so water. Jesus Freedom. Christ himself was baptized with water. Yes. You River know, Jordan. although I mean, he wasn't like baptized. I mean, he went through the baptism of John uh, just to show his solidarity with all of us. So water, you have to use water. Um, and then the uh, form of the sacrament are the words, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Why? Matthew 28, 19, as we talked about. Jesus says baptize them in the name of the Father and yeah. of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So again, clear. the word Trinity is not there, but Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is there. He's just revealed it right there. He's just revealed, revealed to us right there the reality of who God is. So um, that's extremely important. If, if the priest or deacon that's uh, baptized doesn't say those words, there's no baptism. Okay. And, and just to show you how powerful this is, in the States, there were two incidents uh, fairly close to each other where a priest realized that he wasn't actually validly ordained a priest. How did he realize okay, that? Okay, so, so this one, in this one case, the priest was, go, was going through old videos. I guess his parents gave him the videos of when he was a baby and when he was a child. So he wanted to, as a priest, he wanted to watch the one where he was baptized. Yeah. So he's watching the <laughs> baptism video, and he hears, and, it, and sadly, it was a deacon that did the baptism. I baptize you in the name of the Creator, the Redeemer, and the Sanctifier. Okay. He said, uh-oh, wait, rewind. Mm -hmm. I baptized, oh, no. Mm -hmm. So no, because he didn't use the proper form, that means it was an invalid baptism. He wasn't baptized, which means his uh, confirmation was invalid, his first communion was invalid, his ordination is invalid. He's not a priest. 
He would have heard confessions, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, so that means those confessions are not valid. Uh, yeah. Wow. And all the se all the Eucharist that he celebrated, all the masses oh, he yes. celebrated. Oh, yes. There's no transubstantiation. So, so what happened was he, he went to the bishop wow. and showed the bishop the video. Wow. And the bishop went, oh, oh. <laughs> Uh, so of course they had to get a, a, a press release out there and, and hey hey guys um, here's what happened you know and so people are like well, did I not count for my mass that my confession doesn't count and things like, okay so that's where the actual grace comes in okay okay um, because it, it, there was the priest wasn't on the false priestess he nah, actually he, wouldn't have known. he actually tried to do what the church asked him to do and remember the catechism. God has bound salvation to the sacrament of baptism, but God is not bound by his sacraments. So, I, now again, I don't know the mind of God, but I believe because the priest honestly believed he was exercised at ministry, God still give, gave actual grace in that confessional to those people, okay. okay? But what had to happen, the priest had to be, I think in the same day, baptized, confirmed, and, and communion, Yes. And then I think he was ordained a couple of days later as a deacon and then ordained a couple of days later wow. after that as a priest. You know, so I think wow. within a week he was had to do it all over again. Oh, man. <laughs> but see, that's how important because we have yes. to we have to use the words that Christ told us to use. We yes. just can't make it up on ourselves. It, right. The sacrament is not about me. The sacrament is about uh, opening ourselves deeply to, to Jesus Christ and the Catholic faith. It's the church. That regulates how the sacraments, yes. how the sacraments work, and, and the church is bound by what Christ did. So good, so good. All right, thank you. Um, all right, that's one. That's our first first sacrament. We've got six to go. Um, so typically, so you do that, and then confirmation. Uh, and sometimes uh, I was baptized and confirmed yes. as a Maronite. Yes. Um, and I, I understand that's unique to the Maronites because the other Eastern rites have communion as well, but. But typically, con um, confirmation is is held in some dioceses um, before or after Holy Communion. So, I remember in in say Sydney Archdiocese, uh, it would be Grade Six, which would be twelve year olds who have had baptism. Then they would have had their reconciliation, and then they would have had the Holy Communion, and then the fourth sacrament would have been confirmation. But in this diocese that our office is in. Um, I understand that the uh, the confirmation is done before uh, Holy Communion and possibly even before reconciliation, which is similar to the Maronites. So, which one do we do next? <laughs> is it okay. confirmation? Uh, is it reconciliation? So, or is it Holy Communion? Yeah, the proper order is baptism, confirmation, and the Eucharist, as far That's as the, the sacraments of initiation. Yes. Okay. So let's let's talk about that first. First of all, let's look at the, the biblical precedents. Um, like I mentioned before, especially Acts of the Apostles, whenever we see that a group of people have baptized, mm -hmm. we also see the apostles have to come out and lay hands on them to receive, receive the Holy Spirit. Yes. But it's a sealing of the, 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 the uh, or, or completion of baptism. So they, it's very clear a separate rite mm -hmm. where there was a baptism, and then there was a second rite with the laying on of hands and a reception of the Holy Spirit. That, again, was considered a, a sealing, a completion of, of baptism itself. We call that confirmation, right? And there's a couple of very, very clear uh, instances in 
the uh, Acts of the Apostles, where, uh, where there was a baptism that took place, and they said, um, uh, oh, yeah, you, you, were, you were baptized. Yeah, did you receive the Holy Spirit? Well, no, we were just baptized. Oh, we got to lay hands on you. And it was the apostles, the apostles that laid the hands on them, they received the Holy Spirit. And there was even one instance with Paul, where Paul says to people, oh, you, were you baptized? Uh, no, you heard of the Holy Spirit? We don't know. We haven't even heard of the Holy Spirit. Are you baptized? Oh, we were baptized with the baptism of John. Uh, no, you have to be baptized with Jesus. So he baptized them in the name of Jesus. Then he laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Wow. So there's a baptism and then laying on of hands for the Holy Spirit. See, although, so, although Holy Spirit is still yes, there in baptism. Again, remember yeah. sacramental grace. So you yes. get the grace of the Holy Spirit in the sacrament of baptism. Yes. And then a different gifts and grace of the Holy Spirit in the sacrament of confirmation. Okay. okay. So remember, each sacrament has its own gift of yes. the Holy Spirit. Because back in then, they didn't have the language no. to, or the theology to explain all of that. So it's the church that had to look at that, examine that, yeah, and say, here's what was happening. But it's biblical present. There was clearly two separate acts here. Yeah. You know, so the yes. church said, okay, that was baptism, and this is confirmation. It was the church that gave it the name confirmation. Confirmation is not in the Bible, but uh. that's, what, that's what the church called that act, that separate act of the laying on of hands by the bishops, right? Interesting. Um, over the people that were already baptized. Right? Could, we, could we just, before it goes too far, and you did mention baptism, some people might misinterpret baptism in Christ isn't a thing. It, 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 you are baptized in the Trinity. Is that correct? So yes. You, some people who might say, I can baptize you in the name of Jesus. That's not baptism. No, I, I think when they say that, what they mean, they make a distinction between the baptism of John okay. and the baptism instituted by Christ. Okay. So they're not saying, I'm only going to baptize you in the name of Jesus. I'm giving you Christ's baptism His instead formula, of John's baptism. The formula baptism. given to us but by Christ. Right, yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Because this would be a huge yeah. misunderstanding. Many, some Baptists and, and others out there, Protestant denominations, um, are, are in fact doing baptisms in Jesus' name, but not in the name of the Father and of and the it's Son. It's not a host. valid baptism. not valid. Yeah. But yeah. however, any Christian, so for the Catholics out there watching, if you, and, and, and many converts who are Protestant, who become Catholic, if you were baptized as a Protestant in the Trinitarian formula, if you become Catholic, you don't need to be baptized again. That's correct. That's happened to my mom. Yeah. My mom didn't have to be rebaptized When she came into church, just confirmation in Eucharist. Yeah, but we beautiful. have to be careful. There are some groups that we don't recognize their, their baptism, even though these are even Trinitarian Really? I, Mormons, I didn't know for that. example. Okay. Mormons, when they say Trinity, they mean three separate gods. Mm. So they have a whole different understanding okay. of Trinity than we have as as Christians, so, so, so we would Christian. not we would not recognize that at all. Also, Jehovah's Witnesses, we wouldn't recognize that at all either, because they don't believe Jesus is God. Okay, so it's an important uh, <laughs> see, detail. Yeah, so so w w that's why the church, when someone comes in, they say, "Oh, wh you know, what were you before? Do you have any record yes. of this?" You know, to, to make sure um, uh, uh, that that if they have to, if they, do you actually have to baptize this person or not? Yes. Now, there's also something called conditional baptism. For example, uh, I was ordained uh, with, a, a, with a gentleman from Vietnam, uh, Deacon An Vu. Mm. Now, An Vu was in prison during the Vietnam War. He was the, in the cell next to him was a Catholic priest. That's where he came to learn about the faith. So the priest baptized him in prison. 
there's no record. So when mm -hmm. he was coming up for ordination, of course, the church asked for all your, because they have to make sure you're baptized, make yes, sure you're confirmed, make sure you have communion. So I had to write my country, Barbados, and get my baptismal record. I had to contact my church in New Jersey to make sure I got my confirmation and first communion record. Yes. But Anvu, he had no baptism. The priest didn't like, oh, let me go back to the parish and record this. Yeah. He was in jail. Yeah. So they, the, the diocese, the bishop believed him. But he had no record, so he had to be conditionally baptized. Okay. To make sure. Interesting. You see, it, again, it wasn't that any that the, that the church or the bishop didn't believe his story, but there's no record, and that's why the, the church keeps those kind of meticulous records like that. It, it, just to remind, as you're saying that, I was thinking, there's also baptism of desire. Now, what, yes. What is that? Baptism and, of, and, and of, how does that differentiate? Yeah, baptism of blood. Blood. And baptism of desire. Okay. So baptism of blood is is martyrdom. Okay. So the holy innocents, those children that died uh, as, as Herod, was, Herod was trying to find Jesus and kill him. You know, so that, that's baptism by blood. Uh, um, there's also baptism by desire. So, for example, you, you, you come to understand that Jesus Christ is Lord and that he founded the Catholic faith. And, and you say, I, I, I'm, I'm working my way toward the Catholic faith. And before you're baptized, say you die. Mm-hmm. Do, it's not any fault of your own. No. You completely intended to come into the Catholic faith, but you, you died. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So, so yeah. there's an idea of the baptism of desire, okay. that somehow Christ honors that desire that you had to come, to come into the church. Yeah, very good. Very and good. the other thing we have to mention is this uh, limbo, right? About children yeah. that died yeah, without right. baptism. So... Um, Limbo was never an official teaching of the church, ever. It was a theological hypothesis mm -hmm. and opinion uh, that was promulgated by, for example, St. Augustine. Now, it's not saying that, that, that he was teaching heresy. I'm not saying that at all. But he was trying to understand, okay, you have to be baptized in order to be saved. Um, children that die before baptism, it's not their fault. No. It's not their fault. But they didn't receive baptism. So, well, I guess they're not quite in heaven, but they're not in hell because they didn't make a decision mm -hmm. against God. So, well, limbo. There's a, it was this idea that these children are in a place. It's not heaven. It's not hell. And it's kind of, again, the, there, was not, there was never an official teaching. So what the church, actually the Congregation for the Doctrine of Faith, came out a few years ago with a clarification emphasizing that limbo was never an official teaching. The church doesn't believe in limbo. But we believe that, that, uh, that we, we leave it up to God's incredible love and mercy to what yes. happens to those children who, are, who die without, without baptism. So, so could that be understood as, um, so I'm thinking, say, in the case of abortion, yeah. could that be considered uh, baptism by blood, in a sense? Yes, um, and so I, then, I would say so. I and would then, say so. you know, they um especially if the parents were catholic or, yeah. or, or christian faith and um you know they were you know um yeah. uh or or the father was planning on baptizing the child or something like that yes because um, here, here's what i and this is not church teaching this is deacon harold but here's what i believe happens i think the child dies whether abortion miscarriage mm -hmm. um you know uh I, I, my heart broke um before coming on this tour i was in lafayette louisiana and at the parish i was at there was a woman who lost her four-year-old son to cancer. 
four years cancer. old. Cancer. Four. four years old. So, um, you know, so, so I think about children in situations like that. Uh, well, I mean, that child was baptized, but say there was a child yeah. that, wasn't, yes. that wasn't baptized. Um, you know, I, I think that those children, when they meet Jesus, um, yes, they're, they're embryos, but they're still human beings yes. made in the image likeness of God. Uh, so I think that when they stand before God, they have a sense of awareness. Mm. Okay? Even though the infants were, you know, underdeveloped, but when they meet God, they have the potentiality there. And I think at that point, God offers them an opportunity to make a decision for him, yes or no. Interesting. That's what I think. Yeah, I've not heard that one. That, yeah. That's what I, that's just that's Deacon Harold, okay? Yes. And I think it's the same, why do I say that? I think it's the same thinking that if you get a person who never heard of Jesus Christ, you yeah. know, so a, a missionary never reached their village. They never heard that's of right. Jesus Christ. They never even had an opportunity to hear about Jesus Christ. Now, Calvinists would say they're going to hell. God would condemn yeah. them to hell. But why would God create someone to that's condemn right. them? So, um, so uh, in Lumen Gentium, Second Vatican Council document on the church teaches that if someone for no fault of their own, no fault of their own, if they live according to the natural moral law, uh, which is placed there by God, yes. uh, to the best of their ability, uh, there is an opportunity for them, that God provides an opportunity for them after their death to say yes or no to him for heaven. Is that considered baptism of desire? In a sense, again, um, that they've not desired to be the baptism, but desired to do the good. And through that good, um, well, yeah, in a sense, I'm trying to understand yeah, if I, baptism I, is a I way for say, salvation. Yeah, I wouldn't say it would be baptism by desire. I think the person would have the desire to come into faith in Jesus Christ yeah. in order for to do what's right. by they desire. Yeah, so, so what, what Lumen Gentium is talking about is there's no salvation outside of the church. Yeah. So... And what happens to this person who yeah. never have an opportunity to even come into the church? And that's what the Second Vatican Council taught in that document was that after death, because, you know, here on earth, the church helps to regulate, yes. you know, uh, or, or helps meet out salvation through the sacraments and, and, and through other things. But um, through the treasury of merit that helps to disperse those graces that, that God has, uh, has given to the life of the church. After death, it's up to God. Yeah. You know, Father Mitch Packer told us, in class, he goes, you know, um, we're, we're in sales, that's management. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, look. I know we've spent a lot of time in baptism. It's such important to get the foundation right, mm -hmm. especially... Um, and how confirmation is united with it, right? Yeah. yeah. So now, in confirmation, the, the grace, it's confirmed. You get the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. in, in that. Um, and that's you... So can you go through the form and the matter of, of confirmation? What, yeah. what is that? Yeah. So it, it's... Uh, there's some commonalities and differences between the East and the West with matter okay. and form. Um, the one thing that's the same is the matter of the sacrament. All right. It's the, it's the oil. It's the sacred okay. prism. Because there's three oils, right? There's the oil of the catechumenate, there's the oil of the sick, and there's the sacred chrism oil. Are they different in types of oil? Yes. Like, are they like literally? They're different types of oil. Because the chrism has a, a special balsam that's mixed in that makes it mm -hmm. sweet smelling. Uh, uh, oil and that now that is used in um, the ordination of uh, uh, well it's used in, in confirmation as the matter of the sacrament okay. it's the laying on of hands and the sign of the cross uh, on on the head with the, yep. with the oil the anointing of the oil um, and the form is the the words that the, the bishop uh, would would say 
um, during, the, uh, during the confirmation rite. Now, in the Eastern rite, the priest is the one who normally does confirmation. Yes. Right? In the West, it's the bishop who normally does confirmation. Yeah, yeah, the one thing in right. common is that the oils have to be blessed by the bishop. Okay. Okay. So the Interesting. Now, but even though in the mm. West, the priest does have a faculty or permission by the bishop to do confirmation at the Easter vigil. Oh, Why? Okay. Because the bishop can't be at every single no, Easter vigil mass. Right. So he, he gives sense. a faculty to the priest to be able to do confirmation for those who are coming Adults into the church. coming in. Right. Yeah, beautiful. Exactly. That's, a be that's, that's exactly. one of my favorite times of the year. Mm -hmm. It's a beautiful time to see, especially when there are adults coming into the church. Yes, um, exactly. Now, let's, now we've, we're running out of time. I want to make sure I get through the seven. So Eucharist. Yes. Holy Eucharist. That's the third of the initiation sacraments. Mm -hmm. um, form and matter, and, and, and of course... Well, we know it, the Eucharist is the body, blood, soul, divinity yes. of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Um, so the matter of the sacrament <laughs> in the West yes. and <laughs> in the Maronite rite is wheat, wheat, well, in both, in all of it is wheat bread and grape wine. Yep. Okay. In, in the West, it's unleavened bread. Yep. Right. Uh, in the Eastern churches, it's most leaven. Of them. Most of them is leaven yeah. bread. Why? Because they mix the elements together. Uh, if if they were they were used the the unleavened bread and put it into the well at wine at that point, you know, uh, it would disintegrate. Yes. But when they consecrate, they consecrate both elements together. So they use it's wheat bread, which meets the matter of the sacrament. Mm -hmm. um, but it uh, but it's leavened. Yeah. And when you receive it, you receive it off of a, a golden spoon. So you walk up to communion, there's a cloth, you put the cloth under your chin, you open your mouth wide, and the priest or deacon, because the only two in the Eastern Church that could give communion, they, they spoon both elements yeah, interesting. Into, your, into your mouth, and that's how you receive. Yeah, wow. um, the other way that I've seen this done, at least the, the, the Maronite Parish in, where I live in Portland, Oregon in the States, they do intinction. Okay. Where the priest takes the host, dips it into the precious blood, and then you receive in the mouth. You can, obviously can't receive on the hand. Um, Not when that happens. Like that, so intinction. Um, so that's the commonality. The, 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 uh, the form are the words. They have to say the words of okay. Jesus. This is my body. This is my blood. Do this in remembrance of me. Okay. They, they have to say. If they don't say the words, there's no Eucharist. All right. They must say the words of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Well, wow, that's important, of course. Wow. That, that's body, blood, soul, and divinity. That is, um, that whether it's the host or it's the blood, whether it's the body, yes. each yes. element so, is the fullness. So, so St. Thomas Aquinas, who helps us to understand uh, about transubstantiation. So after the consecration, uh, the substance, the essence, the nature of what bread and wine is ceases to exist. Hmm. All that's there is Jesus Christ. Hmm. The fact that it still looks like bread and tastes like bread and looks like wine and smells and tastes like wine is called an accident. Okay? okay. So even though the substance has changed, the characteristics of that substance still remain. The outward characteristics of that substance still remain. But the substance of what bread and wine is is gone. It's only Jesus. Uh, so he, the, and he borrows that language from, from Aristotle. It's philosophical language that talks about substance and accidents. So he borrows that and applies it to Catholic theology. Yeah, beautiful. So, beautiful. Yeah. And it's the resurrected Lord we are receiving. Yes. Right? yes in body. fact, it's, it's shown in a powerful body. way at Mass. 
in, 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 the, in the Latin rite, you know, after the, the Lamb of God, the priest elevates, mm. right? And, and what does he say? He says, you know, so he's showing that we're receiving the resurrected Christ. Okay. We say, behold the Lamb of God. Ecce agnus Dei, ecce quitoli picata mundi. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. John 1.29. John is baptizing. He's, he sees Jesus coming. He stops, takes attention away from himself, and directs people to Jesus. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. And what's the priest doing? Taking attention away from himself and directing people to Jesus. Behold the Lamb of God. Beautiful. The resurrected Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And then, Beate quia chenum agni focati sunt. Blessed are those who are called to the wedding feast or wedding supper of the Lamb. Yeah. Uh, you know, Revelation 19, verse 9. Yes. Um, you have a great study, by the way. Uh, it is Mass and Sacred Scripture, and you go through the elements of the Mass, and I love how you unpack all that. I highly recommend people to get that. Um, now, we got just quickly on this point, you can have Holy Communion in, in most of the Eastern churches, not the Maronites, but in, in others. You actually have Holy Communion in the baptism ceremony as a baby. Yes, you receive um, all three sacraments as a baby. Uh, yes. Um, baptism, confirmation, and Eucharist, yes. Uh, whereas elsewhere, it would be typically after, it's, it's not done typically in the West bef before con um, confession. Yeah, it's for done, the, age of, the age of reason, yeah. So you, you sort of reach the age of reason, reason, have reconciliation, and then Holy Communion. Yeah, and then sometimes later on your, confir your confirmation. Yes, so, so we're so, going to the next category now. Yeah. Um, uh, and we only got a few minutes here, but the next category. Um, Sacraments so of healing? Healing, yeah. yeah. Let's look at confession or reconciliation. Yeah, so reconciliation. So um, Christ understood that, that we make really big, scary, messy mistakes because we're human yeah. beings and <laughs> we're dealing with concupiscence. Concupiscence that even exists... Uh, after baptism, is that, des that, that desire in us to choose that which is not of God. Okay, that, that's a, in a sense a consequence of free will. Because in entering into relationship with God, we have to be free. Yes. You know, um, so we, we're free to say yes or we're free to say no. Right? So that yes. desire to choose the no is called concupiscence. Mm -hmm. So that exists in us even after baptism. And so when we sin, gravely, which means that it's a, it's a serious sin and the benchmark is violate, typically violation of one of the Ten Commandments, if that sin is done with full knowledge and deliberate consent of the will, we lose sanctifying grace, the grace okay. we need to get to heaven. If we die in a state of unrepented mortal sin, then we go to hell. Sacrament of reconciliation restores the life of sanctifying grace in us. And again, as long as we and there's, there's a special graces that come with that, yes. that helps us to not do that sin uh, later again in the future. Yeah, beautiful. Now, what, what, and the um, matter, of course, is yeah. The, what is that? Uh, the form. The, the matter, matter is that the priest is the one yep. uh, that does it, and, and uh, uh, form is the words. Uh, I absolve you in the, <laughs> in the name of the Father and the Son. And the, so he doesn't say Jesus absolves you yeah, because he, it's he Jesus lie. forgiving the sin through the priest. Beautiful. Just like in the Old Testament, Leviticus chapter Beautiful. five. Yeah. Okay, so that's that's four now. Four sacraments yeah. we've gone through. Three more. So so the other one that's grouped with the sacrament of healing yes. is anointing of the sick. Okay. And we talked about that a lot actually yeah. in the beginning. Which we use the uh, a chrism oil or one of the one of the types. Oil, oil of the sick. 
So, okay. Yeah, the oil of the sick. We and use then, for that one. Uh, and a priest, only a priest can do that sacrament. Is that right? Because okay. the oh, forgiveness confession. of sins is tied with the sacrament. Wow. In fact, part of the rite says your sins are forgiven. Wow. Deacon can't, uh, no, deacon can't forgive not. sins. In fact, um, the congregation of the doctor of faith when Pope John Paul II was Pope came out with a clarification because there was a question that came up from some countries in the world. Well, you know, we, we're on this remote island. The priest only comes once a month. In fact, when he comes for mass, he consecrates enough hosts for another for a whole month. So, you know, the deacon or maybe even a lay person does a Sunday celebration in the absence yeah. of a priest, so at least people can get communion. But what about people who are sick? Do they have to wait a whole month to receive the sacrament of anointing the sick? Why don't you let the deacon do it or at least a, like a yeah. well-trained lay person do it? For, you know, so it, was, it wasn't any heresy. It was for pastoral reasons. And the congregation for the doctor of faith came out and said, no, only a priest. Can, you can pray for the person. Yeah. You know, you can do all those kind ask for intercession and, and give them communion and stuff like that. But um, the sacrament is only be, to be done by the priest because of the element of the forgiveness of sins that's tied in with the anointing of the sick. Interesting. Interesting. Thank you for that clarification. So that's two categories are done. The final category, last two sacraments. Yeah, the sacraments at the, uh, the service of communion, which is holy orders and the sacrament of matrimony. Yes. Yeah, so, so those sacraments help to build up the communion. So not, sac uh, for, uh, this, not communion like holy communion, no. but that builds up the communion, the, the whole body of Christ. And the first one, of course, is holy, order, holy orders. What's interesting about that holy orders is that Jesus follows the same pattern from the Old Testament. So, okay. for example, you had Moses. Yep. And we see in Sirach 25 that Moses ordains Aaron as yes. the high priest. So he, Aaron, the high priest, one. Then you have Aaron, and then he has helpers, Nahab and Abihu, three. Then you have a representative from each of the 12 tribes of Egypt, 12. Then you have the 70 elders that are called to help Moses adjudicate because they say, it's too much work for one person to do. Yeah. You need help. So you have the 70. Look what Jesus does. Jesus is a new Moses. Yeah. He's one, instead of leading people out of uh, the slavery of, uh, of Egypt to the, to the promised land, he leads people out of slavery to sin to everlasting life in heaven. Yes. Right? He's a new Moses. He has Peter as the high priest, one. First then you five. have Peter, James, John. Right? Whenever he does something special, transfiguration, for example, yes. raising a little girl from the dead, Peter, James, John. Interesting. Then you have 12 apostles to represent the 12 tribe, the new 12 tribes yes. of Israel, 12 apostles. And then Jesus also called 70 huh. to go out, right? So Jesus follows the same pattern. He's showing he is fulfilling the priesthood of the Old Testament. That's beautiful. So we, so it's not That's like, beautiful. okay, the Catholic Church is trying to control people with this hierarchy. Jesus established a hierarchy. Yes. And God Jesus is the Old Testament through. Yes. Yeah, and so Jesus, I've not come to abolish the law and the prophets, but to fulfill them. So important to know this. Right? So mm. it's a fulfillment there. And so the matter and form of ordination, the matter is it has to be a male. You know, it has to be, it has to be a male. Um, uh, and then the, the form of the sacrament is the laying on of hands okay. and the invocation of the Holy Spirit. Uh, the, 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 the prayer of consecration. Within that prayer of consecration is an invocation of the Holy Spirit, which which okay. seals the laying on of hands and, and, that, and, and makes the ordination valid. There is an indelible mark also. In yes, and that was just like baptism confirmation. Holy orders leaves an indelible mark. So 
I'm going to be a deacon in heaven. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do there. I mean, <laughs> I don't know what it's going to we'll be like. That, yeah. yeah, but I, I, I'm going to do I don't know if I'm going to be helping the, the seraphim with the charcoal or something for the, for the incense. I don't know. But, um, uh, yeah. but yeah, so that indelible, that indelible mark is, is, is definitely there in ordination. The, the, in, 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 in the East, they still have it. And in the, in the, um, in the old rite of the West, you had subdiaconate. Did they yes. have, is that an ordained? So, so uh, we, we call it acolytes now, instituted acolytes. Uh -huh. So it's a, a step on the way okay. to ordination. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. So that's not an indelible mark. No, ordination. only ordination brings the from, from deacon, yep. priest, and, and bishop. Now remember, when a priest is ordained, he's still a deacon. It not, it's not like he, remember, he still has the indelible mark. Okay. So it's not, it's not like he stops becoming a deacon. He has the priesthood added to his diaconate. Uh -huh. And the bishop has the fullness of the priesthood. Added. The fullness of the priesthood. Okay. Because he has authority to ordain. Mm. He has authority for full administration over a diocese or eparchy. Not the priest, the bishop. Yes, so fantastic. the bishop enjoys the fullness of the priesthood because he's the one and of the 12 that ties us back to the apostolic line all the way back to the apostles in Christ. That's beautiful. Thank you. And last, I know we're out of time, but the last one is matrimony. marriage. Yes, matrimony. matrimony. Yes. And that's the word. That's it. Yeah, it's, that's matrimony. What, and, and that's the word I like to use yes, too. Yes. Because marriage has been hijacked by the culture now. Yeah, so in Church of Wisdom, has always called it matrimony. Matrimony means the state or condition of motherhood, right? Uh, state, and why the, would it be, why? why, why? That's an interesting point. Yeah, state so matri, matri, it's a derivative of the word matrimonium, means the state or condition of something. So the state mm -hmm. condition of motherhood is marriage, you know? Beautiful, because I, I, again, I think yeah, this goes back to the theology of femininity, where uh, a woman participates in the life-giving power of God uh, as a life giver and a life bearer in a way that a man can't. That's why um, the woman is created last, yes. the last of all God's creation. That's why the Blessed Mary, Virgin Mary is held in such esteem yes. because of her role in salvation history in a bodily way that only a woman can. She gave life to God, yeah. you know, and that's why Satan went after the woman first in the garden. He's the author of death. He goes after the one that gives life. And, and, just, and just from a practical standpoint, marriage is all about the woman. I mean, think about your wedding. Did anybody look at you? <laughs> Everybody's looking at Christine. Look at the dress. Yeah, and look right. at it. Wow, you know, the whole master in the readings. Everybody looking at Christine. Look, looking at Absolutely. my wife, Colleen. Ain't nobody looking at you. Absolutely. You know, and it, it's, 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 all about the, it's all about the woman. And so our job is to serve, protect, and defend the very heart of God's love. But for marriage involves both because motherhood means there has to be a father in order to be a mother. Right? Yes. So, it, so it, it, implicit in that Interesting. matrimony... Okay is the, the union of the, of the man and woman. The catechism is very clear. God is the one who mm. determines what marriage is. Not a court, not a society, no. not, not a cultural construct. God determines what marriage is. It's part of the natural moral law that he's implanted in all of us. Beautiful. Um, and the matter, yes. of course, is the man and the woman, and the form is the vows that they exchange between each other. So it's the one sacrament that the, the, the priest or the deacon all they're there to, is to is receive the vows. It's the, the, the sacrament is exchanged between the two. They witness the, it. Or the priest is there just as a witness, official witness of the church. That's why sometimes they say, well, I'm going to marry you. Like, eh, actually, what's happening, they're marrying each other. You're there to receive the vows uh, as the official witness okay. of that sacrament on behalf of the church. Yeah, interesting. Can I, just on this, uh, 
it within the sacrament of matrimony. So that's, is it done and dusted, or is it? I've heard that it needs to be completed with consummation. Okay, can you so, just explain okay, that? Okay, yeah. So, um, and so you can have a valid marriage, which could be, you know, two Muslims, yep. two Buddhists. It's yep. a natural marriage, but it's still a valid marriage because mm -hmm. back in the time of Israel. Right? Those, those are all valid marriages. There, there's no Christianity. There's no Jesus no, yet. Of course. Right? So they're valid marriages. In order for it to be a sacramental marriage, it has to be two baptized people. Okay. Okay? So it could be a valid marriage and a sacramental marriage if it's two Christians that are getting married. In order for the marriage, so that which makes it valid and a sacrament. To be indissoluble, you have to consummate the marriage. Hmm. That makes it indissoluble. So... You have um, the validity, you have the, uh, the, the sacramental piece of it, and then you also have the indissolubility of it. So you have to consummate it to make the marriage indissoluble. And this is why you can't divorce. Correct. Is that, is that, is that the mm -hmm. idea? To become one. That's yeah, right. In that one flesh union. That's right. And, and remember, Jesus appeals to that in Mark chapter 10 yep. and Matthew chapter 19. And Paul also recalls that in Ephesians chapter 5. Yeah, I love, I mean, the one thing there is, you know, what do you do with that one person who used to be just a stranger, then a friend, then someone you, you, you're engaged to and, and then you commit to and then you, you do something with this one person that you don't do with anybody, not yeah. your mum, your dad, your brother, your sister, anyone, your best friend. And it's that consummation that really transform that relationship and the two become one it's yeah yeah it makes yeah it, sense. it's for so so it, the marriage is for the good of the spouses yes for the procreation education of children wow so it's, it's a combination it's not just for you know pleasure because it creates a bond that, that is a that, bond in fact uh scientists have shown mm. that there's actually a physical chemical reaction there's um oxytocin that's a, that's uh uh during uh the conjugal act that's um uh, that the body releases for a woman and vasopressin for the for the man and oxytocin is the same chemical that's released in childbirth huh. That's what helps bond the mm. woman to the child yes. So that helps bond her to her husband yes. and vasopressin is released and that's what uh, 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 Bonds the man to the woman by it's your it's your instinct to protect to to, wow. to, to hold close to right so so those Interesting. Two chemicals, and that that's before. what it's literally chemically bonded together. And yeah, that's why it's so devastating. Like when you have sex before you're married and you break up. Yeah. Because you gave your body, not just your thought, your heart, but chemical. I mean, you've given your body yeah, to this person. Right. You know, that's that's why cohabitation and, and, and sex outside of the the the, uh, the uh, covenant of marriage is, is sometimes very devastating. Man, we've got, again, you've got so much teaching on that. Now we've run out of time, um, but I, I, we can go forever. In fact, well, you've just gone for 12 hours in a course, yeah, and right. I think you got a taste of just this was this was so <laughs> exciting. I wish I could stay here um, a lot longer, but I, I highly recommend people to get um, enrolled in the Perusia Academy and specifically go for this course, Introduction to the Seven Sacraments, um, because you unpack this um, and and you go through each of the sacraments, and you spend we've spent what we spent now on just on all of them. You, you dive into and you spend longer than this on one of them. Mm -hmm. So I love that. Um, so definitely do that. Um, I recommend anyone uh, watching um, sign up to the Perusia Academy and, and, and get the Introduction to the Seven Sacraments course. Uh, you're not going to be disappointed. Deacon, just in closing, um, as we are body, mind, and, you know, body and spirit, and um, that's who we are in identity, it makes sense. The Seven Sacraments, the form, the matter, 
um, passing of grace through the physical means. Um, any just final thoughts for those watching about the sacraments? Are they, what should we be doing? They're not just there for, for ceremony's uh, sake, or they're not there to get a certificate and take photos and just final thoughts on sacraments for, for the general Yeah, the key Catholic. to remember is that uh, it's about helping to incorporate us, incorporate us more deeply into the family mm. of God, to draw us into deep, intimate personal relationship with Jesus Christ. So, for example, you know, with, with the uh, priest scandals that happened yes. in recent years, or even with the lockdowns during uh, the pandemic, people blaming the priests and getting angry at the priests, mm. you know, and some of the people haven't come back to the church because, mm. because of that. But you don't leave the church because of a priest. Mm. You have to look at the, the, you know, what the sacrament is about. Yes. So, so um, you have to look at the grace that you're receiving in the Eucharist. You have to look at all of that. You don't look at individual persons. No. You have to honor the office. We saw this, for example, in the Old Testament, where Saul, uh, Saul's kinghood was taken away from him and given to David. But yet, David refused to hurt Saul. He re remember he had an opportunity when he went to the camp, when the God put him into a deep sleep, he took his spear and, and his water jug, and the, the guy that was with David wanted to kill him. And yes. David said, oh, no, we cannot touch the Lord's anointed. So even, even though Saul was trying to kill him, even though uh, God took the blessing away from him, he still respected Saul because God had anointed him as king. And we still have to respect the sacraments uh, you know, holy orders, even though priests do things, it, it, they're not following what the church teaches, yes. right? So we have to, as long as we cooperate with the grace of the sacraments, yes, we were baptized a long time ago, but the indelible mark of grace is still there. If we cooperate with that grace, sometimes we struggle in our marriages. Mm. We have the grace of marriage to be able mm. to get through difficult things that happen. We have to Beautiful. call on God. We have to say yes. We have to choose to cooperate with that grace to move us forward to move us into deeper intimacy. So ultimately, sacraments help us to become the person who God created and calls each for the loves to be. Beautiful. Amen. Thank you very much. Oh, this is yeah, fantastic. You're most welcome. Great to those be here. Those who want to uh, get in touch with more about your work, your website, again, for, for those. DeaconHarold.com. Very simple. Love it. DeaconHarold.com. Um, I've got uh, Perusia have partnered with you to license uh, this book, that we, and with Ignatius as well, uh, we license your book, um, Behold the Man, which is the best book I, I think on male spirituality right there um, and that's right available at perusiamedia.com you have a brand new book by the way on the diaconate that's out yes, now that's right it's winning awards yeah <laughs> yep, it's amazing yep. um, uh, then there is it, all your, your presentations I know CDs and DVDs are sort of being phased out now um, but people still want to get access to your your talks we, so we've developed a, a USB uh, or a th on a thumb drive we've got what are we up to now? 22? Is it 22 going talks. That might even grow to 24 yeah, or yeah, something we're gonna soon. Put, we're going to put a couple more on there. So, That's right. Great value. It's only uh, what, $79.99. Is that right? Or $99.99? $99.99 US. Yeah, that's yeah. right. In, so that's over 22 talks and it's... And, and that's available well, there. If you, got if you were to forms. buy the CDs, it'd be over $300. That's right. That's right. So Exactly. So USB, that's available. Perusiamedia.com or DeaconHarold.com. Uh, um, you'll get that. That's a... That's been such a popular format, mm. um, and it works in the car, on your smartphone, on your laptop, all, all sorts of. That's brilliant. They're the must-haves you've got to do. We're out at a time. We went over time today, but I felt it was such an important podcast. I hope you've enjoyed that as much as I have. Um, please visit uh, deaconharold.com and please visit perusiamedia.com 
and pray for our ministry. And if you, you've been uh, called or inspired to help support, uh, encourage you to go there and there, there is a, a way where you can financially support or even just get the resources and give them out to family and friends so we can continue to, to evangelize our world. Thanks again. I'm Shabarash, your host. Until next time, God bless.